Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are you ready? Happy Monday, Rutgers Nation. You'll probably be listening to this on a Tuesday, but it's okay. Uh, the Scarlet Knights just took down Maryland today, 74 to 60. Bad day to be a Terp. Bad week to be a Terp as the Scarlet Knights took care of the Maryland Terrapins over the weekend, 27-24 in overtime. Ryan, how we doing, man? Pretty good, Alex. Like Rutgers beating Maryland is back, so is Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year. You can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, this past weekend, looking at the NFL slate, I looked my tra- chances with the Arizona Cardinals, put them, put money on them against the New York Giants. You know, want me some money? Thank you, Bet Online. For game spreads, the totals to team player coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, online sports experts. Right, that's a big deal, man. Giants have covered, like, I think, what, like five out of the last six or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but they've covered a lot. So, hey, man, that that was a big good pick by you, dude. I know. When everybody's zigging, you got to be zagging, if you know what I'm saying. So, going back to what you're saying, really bad weekend to be a Terp. Rutgers basketball. Even though Maryland isn't the team that they were last year, you know, they shared the Big Ten with uh, Wisconsin and uh, Michigan State, I believe. It's a big it's a big time win when you get the first Big Ten win, first conference win out of the way. The Rutgers previously was 0-6 in Big Ten openers. Uh, they come out and they play a really, really good game. They're down by one at half. Outscore Maryland by 15 in the second half, led by Ron Harper, who had 27 points. Dude was on fire from three. The dude has improved so much in his three years here in New Brunswick. Um, It's just really, really good to see that Rutgers is now a basketball team that consistently score. Uh, They're always going to be good defensively, but now they have that almost explosive option on offense where they can outscore anybody. Really dangerous team. They can win in a lot of ways, and that's going to really help them going forward in the season and hopefully making another NCAA tournament run. And Geo Baker making his return, that's huge from a leadership standpoint and from a balance standpoint in terms of uh, having some guards who can take the uh, the load off of Ron Harper Jr. Jacob Young did a tremendous job in his absence, but it's certainly better to have two guards that can uh, dominate opposed to one, right? Oh, 100%. Just gives you so many more options. Uh, Steve Peichel has so many options when you look at Miles Johnson, you look at Cliff Amore, the stud freshman from Roselle Catholic. Um, they got, they can go big, they can go small, they can throw a lot of different looks at you. Paul Mulcahy, he's been really, really good. His stats don't really prove it, but he's done a lot of little things really, really well in Geo Baker's absence. Rutgers is a good basketball team. They have a ton of depth, a lot of good players, and that's what you need in the Big Ten because the Big Ten season is a grind, right, in any sport. And all these teams, especially Big Ten basketball this year, when you have – there's probably going to be consistently five or six teams ranked in the top 20 this year. It's going to be a really, really tough grind. You need guys to step up left and right. So Rutgers is looking good. Their defense stepped up from a you know subpar performance against Syracuse. I guarantee you know they had a weak layoff in between games that uh, Steve, that Coach Peichel – uh, really harped on that, so they looked a lot better, and they got to ride this momentum into uh, the net into the Big Ten season. Absolutely. Now let's head back to the football field. Uh, Coach Yano talking today um, about their game against Nebraska. That is Friday, 4 p.m. Part of Big Ten Champions Week, which is uh, something cool the Big Ten is doing, um, given an extra week of Big Ten play. The week of the Big Ten Championship game, while Ohio State is going up against. Northwestern, 
the rest of the Big Ten teams will be able to play a game to make up for games that were canceled, but also to give them an extra game, being that the season is shortened as it is. Um, so Rutgers will be taking on Nebraska. Um, Noah Vedral will be a game-time decision. Um, he took a really bad uh, ankle injury, which that was that was a pretty dirty play, man. I don't know about you, but but that there is no place in there is no place in sports for a play like that. That's absolute BS. Now to think that, obviously, to think that someone would do that, and unfortunately, you know, you don't know if Noah Vedral is going to play. But to think like not only did he just hurt him and put his health at risk, he potentially sidelined him for probably one of the most important games of his young career going against his former team. I'm with you there. Um, football is a very, very physical game. As we know, injuries are going to happen. But I was watching the game and I was watching that replay and, you know, Noah Vedro got tackled, but then all of a sudden that kid just turned his ankle. And I was like, what What are we doing? I think that it's just almost like such a dirtbag play. Um, it just There's just no place in the game for it. It just really, really sucks to see him have to be carried off than walking off the field with crutches. It just really, really sucks. I mean, football has so many injuries in general that you don't need those extra ones to happen. So I guarantee uh, that Maryland kid, uh, his name is blanking on me right now, probably regrets his actions, but that was a really dirtbag play. Um, I know football is intense, but there's no place in the game for that. Yeah, if I'm Coach Loxley, I am having that player write an apology and or call Noah Vedral because that's absolute BS. We, we Now, we're not doctors. We don't know if, if that is what did the ankle. However, it, it's pretty clear that that played a role in, in his ankle getting hurt, and that's absolute BS. No place for it. And, but let's uh, let's turn our attention back to the game. Um, this was an offense that was doing okay with Noah Vedral, but uh, Art Sitkowski really seemed to give them a spark again. Um, what did you see from Art, Rye, that you liked? Uh, kudos again to Art Sitkowski coming off the bench. You know, being a backup quarterback, you always got to be ready because the starter can go down in any single moment. Um, I think Art did a great job of, uh, also of managing the game. Uh, not turning the ball over, but also making plays when I had to. I think uh, Coach Gleason dialed up some really, really creative plays. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes during the games, even though that I love Coach Gleason, I think that he is uh, phenomenal at his job. He sometimes gets a little bit too cute. But with Art in there, there was just a little bit more of like a downfield threat. Um, not saying no veteran doesn't have a strong arm, but Art is more of that prototypical pocket passer. You can really stretch the field. And I think that, you know, there's just more of that threat there and it keeps the defense on its heels. Um, I think that we did a really, really good job running the ball. We ran for we ran 50 times for 220 yards. That's really good. Isaiah Pacheco had probably his best game of the season. He had uh, 70, 80, 79 yards on the ground combined with uh, that uh, touchdown pass in the uh, third quarter. So they both did. I think that R came in and did a really, really good job. Um, I think that just coming in. Cold Turkey is a really testament to him being prepared. And, you know, we came out with a win. And that's it's a huge win for Rutgers. And again, three wins in this season is an incredible testament to everybody in that program. Absolutely. And Bo Melton showing he's a playmaker consistently in the Big Ten Conference. Who would have thought that he would make the jump he's made? Now, you can argue a lot of it is system, but Bo Melton was a pretty big time recruit. And I think he's always been this good. And we're just finally. Um, getting him in an environment where he can thrive, not just in the system, but, you know, uh, Ty, uh, Tyquan Underwood, the wide receiver coach, seems to be building or seems to be getting the most out of this young receiver group and really connecting to them 
Um, not just Bo Melton's thriving, but Shamin Jones is certainly thriving uh, as uh, compared to what we saw last year. Aaron Kirkshank, a guy who we knew had it in him, showcasing that at Wisconsin. But I don't know that we knew that Bo Melton or Shamin Jones necessarily had it in them just based off of their first couple of years in uh, in Piscataway. Uh, I think you and I and, and other fans who take a deeper dive into it certainly thought so, knowing their abilities from high school and 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 just just looking at it a little closer. But the common fan is not going to know that these guys are capable of making these plays based off of previous seasons. I really agree. Um, you know, I, I don't like we don't like talking about other people's jobs, but there is just an overwhelming um amount of development that we've seen with guys sticking with this process um, compared to the last three years. Like these are most of these guys are Chris. Guys. So I don't necessarily know if he recruited that badly. I just think that, you know, they're being coached and developed at a higher rate and that coach Shiano, who's probably going to be able to get bigger recruits now. And if they're able to develop them anymore is only going to make this program better. So guys like Bo Melton and Shameen Jones have really shown that they do have potential. Bo Melton, I think, has eight or nine touchdowns this year, even though he was technically credited with two rushing touchdowns. First one, that uh, 50-yard uh, pitch play was really, 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 really good. That you know was a momentum uh, booster for us. And then the second play was that basically uh, bubble screen type play where he just got the corner. Um, he's a playmaker. He's made some really, really big plays for us, and that's why we have three wins. And, you know, looking back at the start of the season, if someone told me that Rutgers football would have three wins in the Big Ten, I would be overjoyed with it. So it's just a really testament to all these guys. Right now, listen, there's really good coaches that that can't get it done, and there's really good coaches that don't get the most out of their players. Um, I think it's a two-way street, right, when you're talking about recruiting and developing um, you could be the best coach in the world, but if for some reason you don't connect to XYZ player, you're not going to get the most out of that player. So I think it just finally is aligning both ways for whatever reason it wasn't aligning. Um, there were really good coaches. Um, there are really good coaches all over the place. Um, there have been really good coaches at Rutgers for a long time, uh, for whatever reason, couldn't get it done. Um, I think that Coach Yano and his staff, a guy like Taekwon Underwood, who did play in Piscataway, is from New Brunswick, uh, played his football in South Jersey at uh, Notre Dame High School. He's just one of those guys who's connecting to these kids. And, you know, that's sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's all it takes to connect to somebody. Like, yeah, like we're from the same area. We talk about the same restaurant that we used to go to as a kid or um, what kind of newspapers you read or things like that. You know, if, if you have a coach who doesn't know those things and it takes a lot more effort to find that synergy and that camaraderie and those things to really connect. So um, that's what I would say really with, with coach Chiano and his staff, it's, it's mostly Jersey guys who are connecting to these Jersey kids and it's a lot easier for them than maybe it would be somebody else. That's that's a really really good point. I I'm with you 100% on that. Um, I definitely agree that Coach Yano definitely brings something different. I think that definitely the old coaching staff did as much as they can. It just they did are definitely connecting better with uh, 
this coaching staff, I think, you know, with being in this global pandemic, I think that the camaraderie of the team, knowing that they have to, you know, be together all the time in order to be able to play football games is also probably helping because they basically have each other. They don't aren't really able to see anybody else. So I think that combined with Coach Giannis creating a much better Rutgers football team. And you just see that they've been in basically every single game, uh, you know, my sans Ohio State. So I'm really, really excited about, you know, this program and everything going forward. It's just awesome to see, especially, you know, with Maryland being so close in proximity to New Jersey. It's um, it's just a really big win for us in the recruiting battle and the perception of Rutgers when, you know, people think about Rutgers and Maryland because the states are so close together. Let's talk keys to this football game. Uh, Nebraska, a team that's two and five. Um, they lost to Minnesota last week. They do have a win over Penn State. So this is a team that we can't take for granted. I think this is a team that Rutgers is going to be favored against by the time we kick off on Friday. I think it's very similar to the Illinois situation. We cannot let up on the gas. We cannot come off this win and change who we are. We have to stick to what works and what has been going right for us. This Rutgers team is yet to win consecutive games. So don't change. And I think the key to the game is going to be who starts at quarterback because even if Noah Vedrill is good to go, obviously if he's good to go, he's our starting quarterback, no issues. Um, however, is a 70-80% Noah Vedrill better than 100% of Art Sitkowski? I think Art Sitkowski's come in and he's proven that that's not the case. I think that, I mean... That- the the injury to Noah Vedral did not look good at the end of the game. Him walking off on crutches was not a good sign. And, you know, we have a, one less day to get healthy for this game because it's on a Friday and not played on a Saturday. Um, I honestly think that they should probably just keep Art in. Um, he's come in and won two huge games for us, uh, Purdue and Maryland. I think that with Art, we can basically stretch the field a little bit more with, with the threat of Aaron Crookshank going over the top. And that also opens up the running game for... Isaiah Pacheco, and it, and it takes uh, let, it takes away more people in the box, so we are able to run. So when we're able to run and then we're able to throw, that's when Rutgers' offense is the best. And the fact that we have that threat of potentially throwing it deep, I think that could really help us. So I think Archer start um, because Noah just won't be healthy, in my opinion. I don't think he won't, will have enough time to get to get ready. Yeah, but here's the thing, like. Against Purdue, they were preparing for Noah Vedral, and then he was a late scratch. He The injury wasn't disclosed, and then uh, it happened in practice. So they were a little surprised by Art, and then Noah Vedral, Maryland's preparing for Noah Vedral. He gets hurt, unfortunately, and then boom, here comes Art Zitkowski. I'm sure Maryland had a plan for Art, but most of their time was not going to Art. So it's going to be interesting if Maryland's time goes into – Art Sitkowski, I mean, excuse me, it's going to be interesting if Nebraska's time goes into preparing for Art Sitkowski, assuming Noah Vedral's not going to be healthy. Uh, we don't know that. Now listen, he, we, we do not know. He's going to prepare his butt off. Um, he's going to do treatment with one of the best training staffs in the Big Ten. Shout out to Dave McCune and his staff. Great people. Uh, there's been great people um, at Rutgers in all sports uh, across the medical staff there for a long time and is there currently. I just don't know if, like like I said before, um, we saw Noah against Penn State coming off his injury. I don't know 
but I'm going to speculate he was not 100% because he didn't look 100%. Why is he our starting quarterback? He's our starting quarterback because he does something different than Art. He moves. We can use him. We can, you know, we can use that extra blocker in the draws and the quarterback design runs and things like that. Um, so if he's hurt and he's, or he's playing hurt, that doesn't do us any good because his strength is not throwing the football. If he's limited whatsoever, um, that's not helping us. I think that Cochiano is probably going to keep uh, who he's starting until game time happens. He's going to make Nebraska think that they're basically preparing for two different teams. Um, uh, Vedral led uh, Rutgers offense or the Sikowski led Rutgers offense. So he's going to keep it under wraps and that's probably, he's probably doing that so that Nebraska has to worry about either of them and not, he's not going to announce the starter before then. So we'll see what happens. Um, but Going back just to the whole game, I think that if we look at the Maryland game, Rutgers defense has to limit the big plays because we almost lost that Maryland game because there were some big explosive plays. Um, one of the most uh, uh, jarring examples of this was that to take the lead 24-21, uh, Rutgers had two straight sacks and on third and 19, Maryland scored a 50-yard th- touchdown pass to, um, to one of the receivers. We have to limit those big plays after we do a couple good plays and if we do that, I think that we're going to have a great time. But if, if Nebraska can really get get uh, through this defense, because we're going to take our chances. I know this has been the theme the entire season. If we take our chances and we miss and they make big plays, it's going to be a long night for the long day for the Scarlet Knights. And we're going to have to scratch and claw our, ways back, claw our way back. Right. And that Scott Frost led offense is usually known for putting up points. Uh, they've struggled um, while he's been at Nebraska um, overall, but. Certainly Scott Frost can can come up with a game plan to beat anybody. Um, he's such a good offensive mind. Uh, did a great job at UCF. Um, probably needs a little bit more time to do what he wants to do at Nebraska, but I'm going with Greg Schiano and the Scarlet Knights this week. I said it during one of our preseason shows. I said, eh, Scott Frost, no way. Give me the Schiano, man. Let's go. Scarlet Knights are taking it to him. This is a Rutgers program that beat Nebraska even in our dark days a couple years ago. We are ready to go. We are ascending, and we are going to take care of business, whether it's Noah Bedrill, whether it's Art Sitkowski, whether it's Johnny Langan, because this team has it. I don't know what it is, but they have it. Better than A lot, a lot better than being 3-6. and six. So Rutgers getting four wins in the Big Ten, one of the premier conferences in the country, after going 2-10 and ten last year and being kind of like the laughingstock of the Big Ten, to rebound and get four Big Ten wins in a, in a COVID-shortened season with less spring practice, with a new whole new coaching staff, would be an incredible accomplishment and would just bring so much joy to Rutgers fans everywhere and fit, be so hopeful of the future because it's going to be bright in Piscataway. That would be the most Big Ten wins in school history since joining the Big Ten in 2014. Uh, Rutgers' best Big Ten performance came in 2014 when they were three and five in conference play, and that three and five was kind of given an explanation point. We kind of felt a little better about that three and five. Kind of felt a little better about that three and five because of that comeback win against Maryland, the last game of the season. But that season, a lot of those Big Ten games were not close against Ohio State, Wisconsin, um, et cetera, so, uh, Michigan State. So this would be very big deal for them. 
So Rutgers fans, keep chopping with us one more week and then chop with us on the hardwood like never before coming up because this could be a special season for Rutgers basketball. It's already been a special season for Rutgers football. So, hey, you guys have a great night. Go Knights. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.